0: Mark Tinsley, and you are joining me on The Message, which is a ministry of inquiry for today. Today's message is entitled Old Age and Gray Hairs, and it's based on Isaiah 46, verses 4 through 5. And obviously, I'm going to be talking about the elderly and the aging process. You know, they say there's only three things we have to do in life, and that is get older, die, and pay taxes. <laughs> well, getting old is a reality, And Therese Bouchard, who's a health writer and activist writing for BeliefNet.com, gave some sobering statistics, some sobering facts about older folks and aging in a recent article. She said that 2 million people over the age of 65 suffer from depression in the U.S., now, to me, that's a big number, but some of you might be saying, well, that's not a great big number. But she gave a couple of other statistics. Another one is she said that more than half of doctor's visits by the elderly involve complaints of emotional distress. And we all know there are a lot of hospital and doctor's visits uh, by people as they get older. And so more than half of those involve complaints of emotional distress. And then the most distressing to me was her third statistic, where she said 20%, 20%. Of suicides in this country are committed by seniors. I saw this, unfortunately, as a police officer years ago. I worked a suicide of an older man, an elderly gentleman. And just remember the sadness surrounding that, a man who had lived so many years ending it by suicide. And I remember the note that he wrote. And he said in that note that he was depressed and saddened by the uh, death of his wife some years earlier. It's a sad time for many of our elderly as they suffer from depression and, and distress during their twilight years. This is a serious, serious issue. You know, people fear getting old generally, or, or more precisely, we fear the health issues that come with old age and the other issues that come as we age. And ultimately, I think we fear death and so what do we do? We search for the fountain of youth, not literally, but in other ways. Like we, we use creams and moisturizers. Sometimes we get into excessive exercise regimens. We use volumes of vitamins and herb, herbal treatments. We go to spas. We wear youthful clothing. We get plastic surgery. And the list goes on and on. In other words, we try to turn back the clock And when we cannot turn back the clock, we sometimes feel depressed or or maybe distressed or at least a little down. And add insult to injury, as people age, they often feel as if they are marginalized by society, that they aren't able to contribute, that they don't have a purpose for living or worse, that no one cares for or loves them. But I want to tackle these false suppositions today. I want to take to task, one, the idea that as we age, we lose our relevancy. Two, the idea that no one loves or cares for us after a certain age. And three, that life is depressing and not worth living when we grow old. And we're going to do this. We're going to take these things to task, at least in part, by looking at Isaiah 46 verses four through five. You know, in Isaiah, it's split into two. The book of Isaiah is split into two major sub-books, if you will. One is the book of judgment. That's the first 39 chapters of Isaiah. And in those chapters, we hear the fire and brimstone judgment of God, sometimes on the people of Israel, but oftentimes on people outside of Israel, the people that were going to come against Israel. But when we get to chapters 40 through 66, we enter into what's called the book of comfort because these chapters are typically words of comfort to the people of Israel. It talks a lot about Israel and Zion in these chapters. And when we get to chapter 46, what God is saying there to the people of Israel is he's saying you don't need to serve and worship idols. You don't need to find your comfort in these little statues that ultimately don't mean anything. And what God's really saying here is that he's sufficient. And it is that sufficiency of God that I really want to talk about today. Like the Israelites of old, God is telling us today that that he is sufficient. Now, my message is not specifically about the sufficiency of God today, but that's what undergirds it. So as you hear me talk today, do you remember... God is sufficient. He's sufficient for all of our needs. But again, let's get to our suppositions of old age, and let's take those to task, as we said we were going to do. And to do so, we first need to hear clearly the introductory clause in Isaiah 46, verse 4. Isaiah records the words of God, Even to your old age, I am he. And we know that God doesn't change, but we as human beings certainly change. We get older, we wrinkle, our bones creak, creak uh, our memories start to fail. We may experience decreased capacities and abilities in a lot of areas, but these things are not true for God. He remains the same God tomorrow as he is today, and as he has been since the beginning of time. And part of that unchangeableness of God is that he is always present. He doesn't abandon his people. The words of the writer of Hebrews ring true. God will never leave us or forsake us, Hebrews 13.5 says. The words of God in Joshua 1.9, declare the wonderful providential care of our creator. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And no more accurate words are sung by the psalmist than in Psalm 23:4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you see, folks? Do you see? Old age doesn't matter to God. Youth doesn't matter to God, wrinkles and warts and failed memory don't matter to God. God transcends all of these things. He is bigger, better, brighter, bolder and better than these things, and he is committed to remaining by our sides by our sides no matter our station in life, no matter our physical condition and no matter our season of life. He doesn't condition his presence on age, even to your old age, I am he. But Isaiah doesn't stop there. He continues to record the words of God, and it is in these remaining words that we see the suppositions of old age, demolished, destroyed, and made ridiculous. Let's look at these. First, do we lose our relevancy in the eyes of God as we age? No way we don't. In fact, God says later in Isaiah 46, 4, even when you turn gray, I will carry you. And he also says, I have made you. You see, we are relevant to God at all ages and in all stages of life. If it were not so, then why would he persist in carrying us, as it says here, or as some translations record, bearing our burdens or sustaining us? And if we lost our relevancy in old age, then why would God declare that he made or created us? Indeed, why would God have created us in his own image and given us sovereignty over the earth to begin with in Genesis 1 if we were just going to lose our relevancy along the way? That is, why would he put so much effort, love, and grace into something with a shelf life? And think about this. If God doesn't lose his relevancy, and we're made in his image, then why would we lose our relevancy? Or why would Paul have written to Timothy these words if older folks weren't relevant? He said in 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 through 2, Do not speak harshly to an older man, but speak to him as a father, to younger men as brothers to older women as mothers, to younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And why would Peter advise younger men in 1 Peter 5.5 5, to subject themselves to their elders if elders were not relevant? The answer to all of these why questions that I just posed is simple. He wouldn't. If we lost our relevancy, then he wouldn't be created. We wouldn't be created in his image. He wouldn't remind us of that image, and he wouldn't admonish people to treat older folks with respect and dignity. My friends, whether you are young or old, you mean something to God. You are a person of worth. Second supposition. What about the supposition that no one cares for or loves us after a certain age? Well, I hope you see that such an ideology is silly. Every verse that we've quoted so far applies in response to this erroneous supposition. God most definitely cares for those whom he carries, whom he's made, and to whom and with whom he is present. Furthermore, How can we interpret verses such as John 3.16 and Matthew 11.28 unless we believe God loves even the old? In the former, he says, For God so loved the world, that's everyone, young and old alike, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And in the latter verse, Matthew 11.28, he says, Come to me all that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest now I don't think it's a consequence that the notion of carrying heavy burdens is found both in Matthew 11 and Isaiah 46 thus in some way linking the two but admittedly Matthew 11 doesn't specifically mention the elder elderly but the exhortation to come is given to all which most definitely includes the old God loves those who have a little age on their bones, just as he does those who don't. And I want you to notice in Isaiah 46, 4, that God ends with, I will save you. Some translations say, I will rescue you, or I will deliver you. But whatever the exact words, the idea is the same. God will not allow us to just fade away in our old age. He won't allow us simply to waste away and rot. No, he will deliver, rescue, and save us. And don't think for a minute that this little clause doesn't pack the awesome punch of the cross. Indeed, the salvation alluded to here is the exact same salvation that Jesus brought to us on Calvary. And Calvary was all about love. Calvary was God's pent-ultimate demonstration of love. Listen to the words of Paul in Galatians chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ, Paul says. And it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, my friends, God's love is not conditioned on your age. It's an unconditional agape love, a love that saves And finally, let's look at the last supposition. Life is depressing and not worth living when we get old. Is this true? Will you tell me? God saved you from your own slavery to sin. Is that depressing? God loves you all the days of your life. Is that depressing? God takes away your burdens and bears them himself. Is that depressing? Does that make you want to end your life? God made you in his image. Is that depressing? God is present with you all the days of your life. Does that make you think life isn't worth living? We serve a God who doesn't change and is always the same. Is that depressing? No, none of these things are depressing. In fact, these things clearly demonstrate the magnificence and awesomeness of God, and they give us every reason to shout for joy and praise God. There's nowhere else in the universe that we can find someone who made us, carries us, saves us, loves us, and is present with us like God. That's why he says in Isaiah 46 verse 5, our second verse for today, to whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me as though we were alike? God cannot be compared with anyone or anything else, folks. He's a -a one-of-a-kind God, and he's definitely a God worth living for. Now, many of you may be saying, well, pastor, that sounds great, but show me proof of all of these things. Show me that I can be relevant after 65 or whatever age you choose. Show me that someone cares about me and what I do after 65. Prove to me that life is worth living after 65. Well, okay, okay, I will. And I'm going to use some very practical stuff to do it. Now, admittedly, I cannot say that all the people I'm about to list lived for God, but they did believe life was worth living and that they were relevant and that someone cared about what they did as they reached their silver years, as it were. I want you to think about these people and think about what our world would have been like or would be like had they given up in their old age and felt that life was wasn't worth living. What about Jimmy Carter? Look at all the humanitarian things that he's does even in his old age right now. He still does wonderful things for people all around the world. What about Mother Teresa? What if she had quit and not done missions and not been such a beautiful example to us of selfless service? Morgan Freeman still producing wonderful movies today and inspiring a generation of young and old alike. Billy Graham, a great evangelist of our time who Never stumbled or failed, in our eyes, because he stayed true to God. What about Robert Frost, who wrote beautiful poetry well into his old age? Steven Spielberg, who's still directing and producing Oscar-winning movies today. Don Henley, uh, the lead singer for the for the Eagles, who just released an album not too long ago in his old age, still producing beautiful music. Oprah Winfrey, who does all of her things and cultural matters. Admittedly, she's the youngest in our list here, but still an older lady who's done wonderful things. What about our biblical examples of Abraham, David, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph? What if they had given up in their old age? Or what about John the apostle? What if he had given up in his old age and never written the book of Revelation? Or what about my grandfather, Avery Sprouse, who was such a positive influence on my life in his older age? What if he had given up and not mentored me? What about many of you out there and many of the people you know who are making a difference every day in their old age? What if they gave up? And you know what folks? There's still the future in there. We still have the future to look for all these older folks around us and in our churches and in our uh, working with us at work every day. There's still a the future. You still have a future. Many of us have had ailments and things that have broken us down physically. What if we got alongside another person who was going through a hard time physically, maybe some kind of disease or ailment, and we encouraged them? That might make a difference. What if we spent time with grandchildren and children and redeemed that time? That might make a difference. What if older folks mentored younger folks? That could make a difference. What if older folks found new ways to serve God, new and different ways to serve with the time and wisdom that they have? And what about just simple words of encouragement? No physical abilities are necessary for that, are there? So do you see these practical proofs, people in the past who didn't give up in their old age? Do you see the practical proof of we don't have to give up now? We have the future to still influence And did you hear the spiritual proofs that I gave you earlier? You see, we started with three suppositions, didn't we? The idea that as we age, we lose our relevancy. The idea that no one loves or cares for us after a certain age. And the idea that life is depressing and not worth living when you grow old. What do you think about those now? I hope after looking at our practical and spiritual proofs, you see them for what they really are. Ridiculous, crazy, silly, untrue, erroneous, false, whatever you want to use. Indeed, the opposites are true. You are relevant all the days of your life. God does love you and care for you no matter your age. And life has the potential to be joyous and fulfilling and is definitely worth living as you grow old. So where are you in your belief of these things? We've quoted a lot of scripture today to prove our points on this matter. And of course, that implies that God's word is important to our growth in this area. We have to write God's word in our hearts if we want to believe the things that we've talked about today. We've got to see the practical examples for what they are reality, the ability to influence even in our old age. We also need prayer, we need to go to God for his strength. And we need fellowship within the church with the, other, with the body of believers around us, people to encourage and mentor us, to give us high fives, to celebrate with us. And of course, I call that triangle faith, scripture, prayer, and fellowship. You've heard me talk about that before. Folks, we're all going to grow old. There's no doubt about it. We're all going to get gray hair. But that doesn't mean life is over. That doesn't mean we're not relevant. That doesn't mean that we're not loved. That doesn't mean that life is not worth living. To the contrary, it means it's time to live it to its fullest. Have a great and fulfilling day. God bless.